Again, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, I'm so happy that we were able to take time to honor all of our graduates on this day. And uh, uh, what a blessing it is to see how the Lord uh, continues to work in the lives of our young people and our adults here at Battlefield Baptist Church. We are truly a blessed uh, church. And uh, I don't know if you've been counting or not, uh, but today, because I've been counting, today marks the 11th week, 10 plus 1, 11th week of our online worship services. Uh, but I'm super excited because uh, right now, as it stands, this would be the last online service as we uh, prepare to have services here next Sunday, June the 7th, next Sunday at 10 a.m. I want to encourage you if you... Uh, are able to make plans to join with us, and certainly these have been uh, uncharted waters that we have been uh, uh, going through, and certainly we're continuing to navigate uh, all of the all of the concerns and uh, all the uh, the policies and procedures that we need to take and put into place uh, for your safety. And we have that plan, and we're looking forward to seeing you very soon. Uh, certainly, this includes sanitizing and social distancing and. And uh, we'll be marking off some of the pews here to uh, maintain uh, the spacing for, for you. And I'm looking forward to seeing you uh, next week. Truly, I don't think anybody would have said or thought that this was a, their plan for 2020. And yet, here we are. We find ourselves uh, early on. I think about how schools were closed and how most businesses were closed and and although we've been able to honor our graduates this morning uh, through our online services, I'm guessing it is not the way that any one of us would have planned or hoped to be doing it. And so, uh, you know, plans are a part of life. Every one of us have made plans before, and planning is not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, uh, in fact, it was Winston Churchill who once said these words. He said, he who fails to plan plans to fail. If we live without planning, think about it this way, if we live without planning, chances are that you and I will accomplish very little in our lives. And for the sake of our message this morning, uh, we can define this idea or word planning uh, as the process, the process of thinking ahead and making decisions to do, notice that word, to do certain things in the light of anticipated future events. It's like I tell people all the time, and I'm not sure why even some don't like to do this, but I like to set goals. And I know some pastors don't even like to set goals, which is kind of crazy to me because when I was in Bible college, I had one of my professors who used to say, and you've probably heard me say this many times before, that if we aim at nothing, we'll hit it every time. And so planning is incredibly important. And I think about our students that we've honored this morning. Unless you're a naturally born genius, as a student, plans to complete your homework, plans to prepare and study for exams is an essential part of the education process. I think about moms and dads. Uh, they have to uh, put together a plan to feed the family. Now, whether that plan includes shopping for groceries or whether that plan includes uh, growing a garden of vegetables or hunting or whatever the case may be, a plan is needed in the workplace. Every one of us who work, planning uh, is, a, is a vital component 
of not only our schedules, but the, but the, uh, the uh, details of our job and then also the deadlines that we face in working. And so we see planning as a normal part of life. In fact, I know people who when they go on vacation, they plan every minute of their vacation down to the, the, the smallest details, right? And so planning is, is an important part uh, of life. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. In fact, planning, uh, if we cultivate planning, it can become a great habit that, that God can use to, to allow us to become more efficient with the use of our time, with the use of our resources, and, and on and on. And so planning is certainly not something that just simply uh, we could make a blanket statement and say that it is bad. However, the problem occurs when we decide to make our personal plans the priority in life rather than focusing or uh, uh, understanding God's plan. In Proverbs 14, 12, uh, the Bible puts it this way by saying there is a way. Now that word way actually means road or course of action which seems right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Think about it like this. Our actions are preceded by decisions that we make and our decisions are preceded by the plans that we make. Oh, it's incredibly important. The problem again is when our plans supersede God's plan. You see, because when that happens, I can assure you that disaster is just a few steps away. And so as we get started this morning, I want us to... Uh, uh, look at a, uh, a passage of Scripture and consider a, a simple uh, concept, a simple uh, principle from God's Word. Uh, the passage that I want us to look at, uh, look at, to be honest, is dealing with the idea of being, uh, being covetous. Uh, I don't want us to look at those thoughts in this passage, but I want us to see a greater principle. And so if you have your Bible, I'd ask you to turn with me to Luke chapter 12 this morning, uh, in the precious Word of God. And here in Luke chapter 12, we're going to find one of the parables that Jesus taught. And as you're turning, it's important to understand that this word parable actually comes from the Greek word parabolo and literally means to throw or to cast alongside. And what we know from Scripture is all throughout His ministry, Jesus used parables what he would do is he would, he would tell a story and, and he, would, he would throw it alongside of a greater truth in order to illustrate that truth. And so this is what we find in our passage today. And so look with me in Luke chapter 12. And I just want to read uh, a few verses here uh, in order that we might be able to see a principle that we could put into play uh, for our own lives. Notice what the Bible says beginning in verse number 16. And it says, and he spake a parable unto them. This is Jesus speaking. And he's saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself 
and is not rich toward God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we begin our our message this morning. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your goodness. God, we thank you for the opportunity to celebrate and to honor the accomplishments of all of our graduates this morning. And certainly, Lord, we are a blessed people. Even in the midst of coronavirus and COVID, and, and even though we have church members and regular attenders and extended family members who are still fighting this virus, Lord, you are a good, good God. And so, Lord, I pray that you would open the eyes of our understanding. God, soften our hearts that your word might fall upon the good soil today and might spring forth and do a great work in our lives. Lord, I pray that if there's somebody that's watching, God, that has never trusted Christ, that today might be that day in which they call out on the name of the Lord, not only for the forgiveness of sin, but God, because of your amazing grace, that they might receive the gift of eternal life as well. Lord, I love you and I thank you for all that you have done throughout these past 11 weeks and and even beforehand. And Lord, we look forward with great anticipation to what you'll do throughout the remainder of this year as we give you the honor and the glory and the praise. Lord, we know that you are worthy and we thank you for doing what you have done and we look forward to what you will do. And we pray this in the precious name of your son and for his sake. Amen. Well, uh, right away, I want us to notice a couple of things from this this parable that Jesus taught. And uh, first of all, I think just like every one of us uh, have had in the past, this man had his own plan. This man had his own plan. Look at uh, Jesus reveals his plan. Look at verse number 18, just the beginning of verse number 18. Jesus reveals his plan and the Bible says, Jesus, and he said, this will I do. Obviously, we know from the prior verse that this man had been blessed financially. The Bible tells us he's a rich man. uh, But obviously, he does not recognize God's role in blessing him. He has this idea that it's all about him. And so instead of recognizing God's goodness to him, he rattles off a list of things that he plans to do. In fact, look with me back in verse 18. 18 and 19, excuse me. He says, he has personal pronouns everywhere. He says, I four times, and then he says, my four times. He says, look, he says, this is what I'm going to do. I will pull down my barns and build greater. There will I bestow all my fruits and my goods, and I will say to my soul, right? And so he's, he's thinking about all the things that he has, but he gives no regard, he gives no glory, he gives no praise to God who had blessed him with everything he had. But I would just suggest that before you and I become too critical of this man, I think on some level, we have all been very guilty of doing probably the same thing. Uh, Like our graduates who we took time to honor this morning, uh, we all come up with our own plans. Excuse me. We have plans. Uh, We're going to graduate high school. We're going to go off to college uh, or trade school or serve in the military. Uh, Some of us have plans to go on to grad school, uh, start a family or not. uh, And if we're starting a family, we we come up with this this idea that we're going to have 2.4 kids. We're going to buy cars. We're going to buy a house. uh, We're going to put money away for retirement, uh, maybe purchase a vacation uh, property uh, that we can spend time at. Or maybe, uh, maybe purchase a trailer or an RV for our retirement. And so we all have our own plans. And I can assure you that I too had my own plans. 
And I can tell you that my plans never, ever included me serving in full-time ministry, much less serving as a pastor of a local New Testament church. We all have our own plans, but sometimes our plans do not line up with God's. My plans, to be honest with you, my plans were to go to college, to study music, to become a performer. I loved performing music, to become a performer. And then when I was too old to perform, uh, become a teacher or a professor of some sort. Those were my plans. But as most of you know, those plans never came to fruition. Looking back on it all, I think if I would have included God a little bit earlier in my plan, I would have saved myself a lot of heartache through the years and realized that my plan was not His plan for me and my life. And the same is true with this man in the parable. In fact, if we were to look over, James tells us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, James tells us in James chapter 4 and verse 13 and following, notice the Bible says this, it says, Go to now ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? He says, he says, it's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Notice verse 15. He says, for that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now, James says, ye rejoice in your boasting and all such rejoicing is evil. Folks, since God is the giver of life, it's vital and vitally important that you and I understand our limitations when it comes to this idea of coming up with our plan. Obviously, in our passage here in Luke chapter 12, this, this short passage highlights the futility, if you please, the, the vanity, the usefulness, it's wasted, the futility of making plans without consulting the one from whom all blessings flow. Oh yes, this man had his own plan. But secondly, very quickly this morning, I think it's also crucial for you and I to understand that God also had a plan. Look at verse 20 of our text. In verse 20, the Bible says, But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night shall thy soul be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast Provided In this parable, this man's plan had nothing to do with God. And in response, God calls him a fool. His plan said, hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to build bigger barns. I'm going to take my fruit. I'm going to take my goods. I'm going to do all these things. Then I'm going to tell my soul, soul, take thine ease. Right? He had his own plans, but his plans had nothing to do with God. And in this parable, Jesus says that God's response was, by saying, thou fool. You see, God knew the man's thoughts and he knew that this man's plans would never come to pass. You see, God has a plan. He is in control. And you and I can be sure that nothing, absolutely nothing, takes our God by surprise. Do you know that COVID-19 has not taken our God by surprise? Do you know that 11 weeks of online worship service have not taken him by surprise? Social distancing has not taken him by surprise. Your response and my response to this pandemic has not taken him by surprise. The response of multitudes on social media has not taken our God by surprise. 
In fact, Isaiah in chapter 55, the prophet Isaiah reminds us, the Lord speaking says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. Now that phrase there, ways, again, the same word that we found earlier in Proverbs 14, 12. It means road or course of action. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways are my ways, saith the Lord. Verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, it's very important for you and I to know that this word thoughts, right there at verse number 8, where he says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. This word thoughts literally speaks of God's contrivance. Now, that word contrivance is this idea, it's used to speak of his skill, the skill that only God has, his skill to bring about something or to create something. It speaks of God's intentions, it speaks of his plans, his curious works, and his purpose. God is saying here in this passage, I have a plan. I have my own intentions. I have a purpose for everything. And my plans and my purpose and my intentions, my skill to complete or to bring about something is much higher than your skill to bring about something. Well, folks, no matter what we're facing, you and I can always trust that God's plan for you and I is best. That does not mean that it will always feel good. I can assure you that for those who graduated, the lack of a graduation service as we know it did not feel good to them. But we can be sure that even in times when it doesn't feel good, God is working all things together for good to them that love God and to them that are the called according to His purpose. Again, I think about God's thoughts, his, his thoughts referencing His skill, His intentions, His plans, and His purposes in our lives is always much grander. It's on, a, it's on a much larger scale, if you please, than my plans and your plans. Oh, we must learn to trust God's plan for our lives. Earlier this week, as I was preparing the message, I was thinking about those lyrics to that Newsboys song, entitled, We Believe. And in the first verse, these are, this, these are the lyrics of first verse. It says, in this time of desperation, we all know, when, when all we know, excuse me, is doubt and fear. We're there, folks. Notice those words again. In this time of desperation, when all we know is doubt and fear, we're living. I look around and people are living in anxiety and fear right now. But notice the good news in verse 1. It says, there is only one foundation and then it follows up with the words we believe we believe and then if you go down in the lyrics you notice a tag phrase there in this song and and the words to that tag say so let our faith be more than anthems greater than the songs we sing in other words the writer of the song is saying hey listen let our faith be more than just words let us walk by faith and not by sight and in all our weakness and temptations, the lyrics say, we believe. We believe. Oh, the writer of Proverbs tells us in Proverbs chapter 3 and verses 5 and 6 to trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. Listen, a wise person learns that life is less about me 
less about you, we learn as wise people that life is less about us and more about God. Sometimes it takes a while for us to learn these lessons. It took me a while. I'm so thankful that each and every day I'm learning more and more that life is more about God and less about me. That's what John said. He said, I must decrease and he must increase. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 9, the Bible says, A man's heart deviseth. Now that word deviseth means it proposes or plots his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Folks, God's word never says that the journey will be easy. But when you and I give ourselves to his plan, you and I can be sure that he's going to safely and surely guide us through all of the trials, all of the troubles, and all of the testings that you and I must face in this life. Oh yes, he's working all things together for good to them that love him. In Psalm chapter 18 and verse 30 This verse begins by saying, as for God, his way, right? His his road or course of action is perfect. There again, the word way is the same that we have seen in previous verses today. In Jeremiah 29, in verse 11, that iconic verse, the Bible says, for I know the thoughts. Now notice that word thoughts again, because it's the same exact word that we find in Isaiah 55, verse 8. And it speaks of God's skill, his intentions, his plans, and his purposes. Notice he says here, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. God is saying to Jeremiah, he says, I know my skill. I know my intentions. I know my purpose. I know my plans for your life, Jeremiah. And notice he says, he says, their thoughts, their plans, their purposes, their intentions. Notice he says, their thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Folks, our God sees what you and I cannot see. That's why we must, we must walk by faith. Even though, and I've experienced these along, in, along my life, even though there are bumps along the way, there's bumps along the way, God's plan is always best. It's always best. Psalm 33 In verse number 11, the psalmist says, The counsel of the Lord standeth forever. Now that word counsel means the advice or plan. The counsel of the Lord, speaking of His word, His advice, His plan, stands forever. And the thoughts, there it is again. That's the same word that we find in Isaiah 55. The same word that we find in Proverbs 16.9. And other passages that we read. He says, the thoughts of His heart to all generations. It was John Wesley, when speaking of this particular verse, who said it this way. He said, all of God's purposes and designs are always successful. That encourages me and it should encourage you because that means that you and I can trust God's plan. Instead of relying on our own thoughts, instead of relying on our own ways and our own plans, our own intentions, our own decisions, if we'll just simply rely on God and His plan. John Wesley's phrase here, he says that all of his plans, all of his purposes and designs, they're always successful. Who doesn't like a successful plan? Well, folks, we could go on and on throughout Scripture, and this is a, this is a topical message if you haven't, haven't guessed already. I mean, last week we did an exegetical message where we looked at three verses and picked them apart. Today, topically, I'm talking about this idea of my plans versus God's plans. 
And we could look all throughout Scripture and see over and over how God's plan played out in the lives of some of the people that are uh, found in Scripture. But for the sake of the time, for sake of time, I just want to share a few with you. Think about it this way: God's plan included Abraham having to wait many years until God made of him a great nation. God's plan included Ruth losing her husband, facing a famine, and living with her mother-in-law. That had to be God's plan, right? God's plan included David having to slay a giant and then turn around and run from an evil king who sought to destroy him. He was jealous. God's plan included Esther recognizing that she was in the right place at the right time. God's plan included Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being thrown into that fiery furnace for their faith. God's plan included Daniel's visit to a den of vicious lions. God's plan included Paul being beaten, stoned, and shipwrecked, and hungered and hungry and thirsty and and on and on we can see throughout scripture his plan may be uncomfortable but his plan is always best i think about god's plan for joseph and uh, uh colby had actually done uh, a great devotion on joseph when we were uh doing our series on faith our devotional series on faith and i think about it that god had given joseph if you remember the story god had given joseph uh, a God-given dream that included his brothers bowing down before him. That was a God-given dream. That was, that was God's plan for Joseph's life. But if you read the, the entire story, Joseph's reality included the fact that his brothers hated him. It included the fact that his brothers uh, threw him into a pit. They wanted to kill him, but they ended up throwing him in a pit. His brothers end up selling him uh, into slavery. His brothers, uh, he ends up being taken to Egypt. He ends up being purchased uh, by Potiphar as a slave. Uh, his, his reality included being charged falsely by Potiphar's wife and then Potiphar throwing him into p- uh, prison. His reality included one of Pharaoh's uh, closest servants forgetting him and being left in prison even longer. These were the realities of his life. But in the end, The fulfillment of Joseph's dream and God's plan for his life was realized, although it didn't come until much later in his life. Thirteen years later, he had to wait to see the fruition of this plan. And I'm sure that Joseph never thought, he never probably thought that he would have to go through all of those trials, all of those times of testings to get to God's plan, but he did. And in Genesis chapter 50, in verse number 20, he famously says these words to his brothers. He says, but as for you, ye thought, there was your plan. He says, there's your thoughts, there's your plans. He says, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Now look at that verse again. Notice it says, but God meant it unto good. He was using All my ups and downs, Joseph says, God was using all those ups, all of my downs, all of the in-betweens to bring us to this point. To bring me to this point so that many people could be saved alive. Listen, God's plan sometimes is not uh, comfortable. You see, sometimes it will require you and I to go through various times of testing. In fact, I would suggest that you and I are being tested right now. 
individually and corporately in how you and I respond and how you and I respond, excuse me, and how you and I deal with the ramifications of coronavirus. Have you been letting your light so shine before men that they might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven? Have you been taking time to love your neighbor? Have you been taking time to communicate the love of Jesus Christ with other people? I would suggest that we're being tested right now in an uncomfortable situation. In his recent uh, commencement address to the graduating class of 2020 at Baptist Bible College, one of my former professors, uh, Dr. Bill Dow Jr., he said these words. He said, many times God leads us to where we need to be, not where we want to be. And I'm guessing that's the case with each and every follower of Jesus Christ. But the good news there's good news through it all. The good news is that you and I, that we have a God, as Ephesians 3.20 tells us, we have a God that will do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Oh, uh, like he said to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 33.3, he will show us, if we'll call on God, the Bible says he will show us great and mighty things which we know not. In the end of it all, if we'll just take time to, it's okay to plan as long as our plans are in sync with God's plan. And certainly God has a plan for each and every one of us, whether uh, uh, you're sitting here today and you're watching and you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, or maybe you're watching and you're already a believer. He has a plan for all of us. And in the end, our desire should be to get to the point where we, just like our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 22 and verse 42, when he uttered those words, not my will, but thine be done. Oh, my friends, are you operating according to your plans or are you operating according to God's plans? If you're an unbeliever, you need to know a few things about God's plan. And so rapid fire, I just want to share a couple of things with you as we begin to wrap this up. As an unbeliever, you need to know that God's plan includes love. It includes love. Romans 5 and verse number 8, the Bible says, but God commendeth, watch that word, His love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Oh, God's plan includes love. Uh, Jesus said in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world. It was because He loved you that He willingly sent His Son. It says that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Listen, God's plan includes love. God's plan includes long-suffering. It includes long-suffering. He's, he's patient with you and I. In 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9, the Bible says the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. In other words, He is patient with us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The reason He's long-suffering is because His plan includes love. A loving God who is long-suffering to each and every one of us. If you've never trusted Christ, He's patient. But He's calling and asking you today. He's saying, listen, trust me. I have a better plan for your life than your plan. It's always going to be better. So His love is long-suffering. But also God's plan includes a lavish gift. And I don't know about you, but I like gifts. 
Who doesn't like a gift? In fact, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, it says, uh, for the wages of sin, we know that all have sinned. Nobody had to tell me I was a sinner. I knew that I was a sinner. The Bible says that the wages for our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Ephesians 2, in verse 8 and 9, the Bible says it this way by saying, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, notice this phrase, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you've never trusted Christ, all you have to think about it today, really, I want to encourage you to think about that God's plan includes love. His plan includes long-suffering. His plan includes a lavish gift for you because of His love. Oh, trust Him today. Ask Him to forgive you. Ask Him to come into your life and to begin to change you, begin to mold you. We are the clay. He's the potter. Begin to mold you after His will. We know that His will is that every one of us as believers conform more to the image of His dear Son. In fact, Romans 8 uh, verse 29 communicates that message to us. But if you're watching today and you're one of our regular attenders, you're a member, you're, you're already a believer and you've already put your faith in Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you to remember a few things. We need to remember that God's plan includes faith. It includes faith. Think about, look back at that verse, Ephesians 2.8. In Ephesians 2.8, the Bible says, For by grace are you saved, notice, through faith. And that it's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 reminds us that without faith, it's impossible to please Him or God. It's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. I'm throwing a lot of verses out here to communicate one simple message and that message is that God's plan is always better than our plan. If you're a believer, I would also encourage you that not only does God's plan include faith for us to believe in Him, faith to continue this journey of life, but I would also uh, suggest that you and I need to exercise faith when it comes to sharing the love and the truth of the gospel with other people. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse number 30 reminds us that the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise. It's a wise thing for you and I to take the time to share the love and the truth of Jesus Christ with others who, quite honestly, we don't even know when we meet somebody whether they have a relationship with Jesus Christ unless it's evident from their testimony. God's plan includes faith. God's plan also includes fervent worship. In Psalm 96, in verse number 9, the Bible says, O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before Him. The idea of reverencing ourselves before Him and all the earth. In John 4, 24, Jesus said, God is a spirit and they that worship Him must do so in spirit and in truth. Fervent worship should be a part of our everyday life. The psalmist also said in Psalm 95 in verse 6 and 7 said, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker for He is our God and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. I pray that you have been taking time to worship the Lord. Our worship begins before it begins, Solomon said. You can look at that in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. 
The moment we wake up in the morning, we should begin to worship the Lord. The, as we lay our head down at night, we should be worshiping the Lord as He gives us breath, as He gives us life, as He works in and through our lives, as He blesses us. Oh yes, God's plan includes faith. It includes fervent worship. But God's plan also includes fellowship. And I know there's a lot of pastors who have been throwing this verse around, but it's not something that was just put in here for pastors to throw around in times when people are absent from the fellowship of the body. But in Hebrews chapter 10 and verses 23 and following, notice what Scripture says. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. Speaking of God's promise, God does not lie if He has promised something. Even as Beth was teaching the children uh, this past week uh, of Ezra and, and the promises that God made, God makes a promise. He keeps His promise. That's what this verse is saying. It says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith. But notice verse 24. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love, and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Oh yes, God's plan includes fellowship. We need to get together. There, there's no such thing as this, this lone ranger Christianity. This Christianity by isolation. When we isolate ourselves from the body of Christ we isolate ourselves from the very uh, fellowship and nurturing and edification, right? And exhortation that we need from one another. And so I encourage you to make sure that you're a part of regular worship and regular fellowship with others from the body of Christ. And then finally, I would just say, if you're a believer, what a great thing to think about that God's plan includes a magnificent, glorious future. Philippians, Brian and Sandy Wise use this on their, their prayer letter and this has really been their, their, their verse as they've gone to the field of Nicaragua. Uh, Philippians 1.6, Paul says, being confident of this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day, until the day of Jesus Christ. Oh, soon and very soon, we are going to see the king and that's a future that I get excited about. That's a future that I'm looking forward to. As we were talking about last week, how Paul was ready to offer his life. He, the time of his departure was at hand. I'm looking forward to that time. I'm looking forward to the day when I will see my Savior face to face. We all have plans. And I, I dare say you may even have plans for the rest of today. We all have plans. Let's just make sure that our plans, that when we make our plans, that when we uh, uh, make decisions about our plans, make sure that we are doing so based upon what we know from the authority of God's word about God's plan for each and every one of our lives. If you've never trusted Christ, I pray right now as we pray that you'll call out upon the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of your sin and ask him to come into your life as your Savior. If you're a believer, I pray that you will be reminded that God's plan includes faith. It includes fervent worship. It includes fellowship. But praise the Lord, it includes a magnificent future. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love. We thank you for the opportunity we've had to gather together online. We thank you for all of those who have graduated from their various institutions of higher learning. And Lord, we pray that you'll have your hand of blessing on each and every life. 
those that are making plans to go on in college or to a trade school or to serve in the military, those who have graduated from nursing schools and, and are using their talents and their abilities to care for others. Lord, those who have graduated with ministry degrees, God, whatever it is, whatever your desire for their life is, Lord, I pray that they would understand that your plan is always better than their plan. Lord, I pray for the person who may be watching and this is their first time at trying to make a spiritual connection. I pray that they would understand that today is the day to give up their plan and to, to actually to follow your plan. And your plan is a plan of love and long-suffering and lavish gifts. And so, Lord, I pray that those who don't know Christ would call upon him at this very moment, that they would simply say, Lord, please forgive me. Come into my life. Change me. Begin to make me exactly how you want me to live from this day forward. God, continue to give me your word. Put people around me that I might grow in this journey of faith. Lord, I'll be thankful to give you the praise for it. Man, I pray that there are those who are praying that prayer right now. Lord, I pray that you'll dismiss us with your blessing. God, that this next week as we prepare to come back on campus, prepare to worship again collectively under one roof as a body of believers god i pray that you'll bless all of our efforts i pray that you'll bless the preparations and the plans and god i pray that you will continue to have your hand of blessing and healing on those who are part of the battlefield baptist church family and certainly we we think of those who are still struggling and fighting for their life through this pandemic lord i pray that you would give healing according to your plan according to your divine will Lord, we'll be careful to give you the praise for all that you'll do. We look forward to seeing uh, what you have for us in this church in the coming days. And we praise you in advance for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Uh, again, I'm super excited to see you next week. And I cannot wait to see you next Sunday, 10 o'clock here at Battlefield Baptist Church. God bless you.